Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. Uh, let's see what's going on, Derek. There's lots going on. We did some fun things on the weekend. We did. We did. We'll get it back. It was a cold, fun weekend. It was a cold, fun weekend. Uh, coming up this weekend in Oshawa, which I'm not going to, is the oh yes Tequila and Mezcal Expo. <laughs> None of my friends want to go. Yeah. Well, and, like uh, I said, if you could have checked if they have daycare or some kind of childcare services, I could have joined you. Yeah, but... I also told you, if you would have got your two kids, one can sit on the other's shoulders and you get a big jacket so they look like a small person. There you go. And you teach them to drive, then number one, you didn't need to worry about daycare. Number two, we would have had a ride home. But no, you're a slacker and you just don't get your kids involved. Well, I suppose if they don't drink, I'm sure they could wander around and... Uh... Aimlessly, yeah. Well... Stay here. Don't move. I would get the father of the year award. That man has his five and his eight-year-old with him while he's drinking his face off, drinking tequila. <laughs> They're holding my sample bag. Yes. Yeah, and none of my friends want to go, so, you know, I, I can't go by yeah. myself because then I just look like an alcoholic. So, <laughs> I got other stuff I've got to get yeah. done anyway, as much as I would like to go. Uh, looking at, there's a couple other winter camping weekends that are supposed to be coming up because, you know, now that the canoeing is almost done. Almost. I got to start planning ahead for a few extra winter camping weekends. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people that want to, you know, can you just, just go for a one-nighter, but that's, it's a it's lot, lot of, of work for a one-nighter. Exactly. But exactly. I'll probably do it anyway. Because you, you set up, you sleep, and you start breaking down. It's like, yeah. uh, Well, you know what? And that's, that's the thing is... You get up there. If you get up there first thing in the morning, then you set up. Yeah. And because hopefully there's no, it's not a big weekend, so there's no nobody on your site. Mm -hmm. Because they get the, if you go to the interior, the, the, the campground site, which is where everybody's going, um, the people that were on the site the night before have it till two in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So if you get someone that's not moving till two in the afternoon. Yeah. Then on you the can't, Saturday. Yes. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And... So if, if you're lucky enough, you get in there like nine in the morning and you set up, yeah. then you got all day and all evening, you hang out with people around the fire that night, you get up the next morning, maybe you pack up stuff and then you go do a, a trail or something like that. And then you head home, mm -hmm. right? Or you go out and do something, you come back, then you tear it down. Yeah. But. And that works. It's just, I, it's, it's nice to have at least a second night so you can, you can just have your whole day just to do stuff and relax and not worry yeah. about. Yada, yeah. Yada, three yada. days, three days is, is good. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But the winter camping symposium was pointed out last week when we talked about it. Mm -hmm. I was close <laughs> because the town did start with a W, but apparently yeah. I said Windsor, not Waterloo. And I didn't even notice. See, because you don't listen to me when I talk. <laughs> you just don't listen to me when I'm talking to you. Blah, 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 blah. Beer. Blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mikey uh, sends me an email and says, um, Windsor? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Waterloo, the... Uh, the Winter Camping Symposium, the Ontario Winter Camping Symposium yes. is in Waterloo <laughs> on the 24th of November. I better check that too. The 24th of November. Yes, this year. There are uh, John Van Berger from yes. the Outdoor Kind. Yeah. He's when we did the uh, weekly 
calls from the Yukon this past summer. Yes, it was what he's going to be there. Journey is that what it's called? Yeah, the Yukon, Yukon Journey. Yeah, not Yukon, Yukon, Yukon Quest. No, Yukon, Yukon Quest is the uh, race. Oh yes. Yeah, Yukon Journey. Uh, he was raising um, money for uh, first, first responders. responders yeah. yeah, which apparently is a lot of them are in California right now. Oh yes, the big fires. And uh, he's going to be there. He's going to be doing a little, have a little booth with uh, his safety stuff and whatnot and handing out pamphlets and okay. do a little chit chat with Good people for and stuff. So that's, that's cool. We'll get to see him and uh, whatnot. Um, the Army Tech Wizard LED headlamp from Man Camping. I used one while we were up on uh, the Moose River because mm-hmm. uh, my headlamp was acting up. So uh, Scott from Man Camping says, here, um, try one of these. And it was the Army Tech Wizard. And yeah, it's a good light. <laughs> it's a really good light. So I'll, I, I'm going to pick one of those up from him because he's going to be there. The other, now, the, the speakers for 2018, I, I just got it up here. Glenn Hooper uh, from wintertrekking.com is going to be sharing what he's learned from safety, stove safety, lake travel, to camping tips during his many years of winter camping. Camper Christina is going to be there designing and making your own hot tent and then using it to solo backcountry in the Killarney Provincial Park. This is what I'm looking forward to is Tim Foley, Canadian Outdoor Equipment Company, choosing and maintaining your axes and knives. I've been looking at getting a small axe. I got away from axes and hatchets a while back when I go interior, mm-hmm. but I've been looking at some of these fancy ones. Really nice. <clears throat> yeah. They're expensive, but I'm yeah. I think I think I'm gonna go check out what they've got. It's one of those things I've been eyeing for mm-hmm. probably four years at least. Like a fancy one, a fancy one. <laughs> I want a fancy axe. Uh, you know, just like a hip one or something. Okay. like Okay. When you mount to the back, the side of your pack or something like that. I, I, I'm not gonna carry a massive axe mm-hmm. into the back country, but you know, I've gotten into the folding saws and all that. Yeah. But there's days where you sit there thinking, if I had a nice lighter weight yeah something axe, yeah yeah you know not so, like the canadian tire special because <laughs> no, weigh 50 pounds yeah those are nasty so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, see what they've got there and uh get some they got the the stones and all that sort of stuff there to, to sharpen it properly and mm-hmm. whatnot so i'm looking to see what uh what uh, tim has to say uh in his little presentation there and Buck Miller, Eric Batty, and Ryan Atkins crossing Algonquin in winter. Join the guys as they recap their 10-day trip across Algonquin Park this past winter. That'll be cool to hear that one. I'm looking forward to that one. Rhonda McMahon. McMahon? Uh, from Stride and Stretch. And the Silver Summit Sisters. Winter camping newbies, cold tenting, and climbing Killarney's Silver Peak in winter. Did they do that with David Lee? Um, no, I don't, no, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I seem to think they did, but I could be totally wrong. We'll find out, won't we? <clears throat> so yeah, those are the, the, uh, people that are speaking at the, uh, winter camping symposium there at the uh, end of the month. Well, that's in <laughs> it's, it's two weeks. It's, it's yeah. not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a week and a half away. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> 2019's almost here. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to be 95 soon. <laughs> Time's <laughs> flying by. So yeah, so that's uh, that's coming up. But yeah, I, I'm going to look for one of those uh, Army Tech Wizard LED headlamps from uh, Scott at Man Camping and uh, check out the axes they've got from Canadian Outdoor Equipment Co-op. 
uh, speak to, to Tim. And I got to think Rob will be there as well. What did we do this past weekend? What did we do? We finally managed <laughs> to get all our schedules together. We've been it, trying to do this for a while. Yeah, we've been trying since... Last year? Since the Real Paddling Film Fest is when yeah. we really put our thoughts together. and Let's get let's get this going. And yeah. then spring came and went. Then summer came and went. Yeah. Then fall <laughs> was here. And it's almost <laughs> went. So, Mackay Paddle Surf, Warren King... Uh, we talked to him about getting out there to do a little intro and to stand up paddle boarding because we do the kayak and we do the, the canoeing and stuff like that. But we've never done the paddle boarding, stand up paddle boarding. No. So he's like, come on out, we'll take you out and let's just see what our schedules are like. And before you know it, summer's gone. And I'm chatting <laughs> with him and said, you know what, we've got to do this before the everything freezes over. So we decided now's the time to do it. <laughs> Because, you know. Good choice. You know, good choice, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, our schedule is all worked out. And, uh, you know, we check, checked out one of the coldest days of the year. We figured that would uh, work what, out well. What was the temperature? It had to be it zero, said it was, minus one? It, it was minus one, and it felt like minus six. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it definitely so, felt colder. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a tad nipply. Yeah. And uh, we decided we'd check out Frenchman's Bay in Pickering. Yes. You know, he he does stuff there with other groups. So it was a nice a, spot. It was it was a nice nice little park day. to yeah. to launch from and that. Now he does say that he usually launches around the other side where the the ramp is. Yes, uh, there's a little beach thing there, but it's under construction, so mm-hmm. that's why we we launch from there. wasn't too bad of a start to the day. It was nice and sunny when we we went. It was sunny, and the sun helped keep us warm. But at the, the wind was strong at first. Yeah, so that kind of took that advantage away. Yeah, that uh, didn't last too long. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, it was a bit breezy, but it wasn't like big waves or anything. Mm-hmm. And it was a, shel- a sort of a sheltered bay, so that, yeah. that helped. We weren't right on, on Lake Ontario. Uh, Lake Ontario is pretty choppy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a nice swimming day had we tried it out there. And then the day before, if we had tried it. Oh, man. It was so windy on Saturday. That would I, have been a bad idea. <laughs> you know what? I saw on Saturday, I'm thinking, if this is what it's like tomorrow... I'm going down there and I'm going to be going, yeah, enjoy your time up there. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just sit here and watch you guys from the shore. I'll do a couple of photos or, or whatever. So we all met down there. Um, Warren brought one of his other coaches, John, to come out and uh, paddle as well. Now I guess the two of them like going out when it's really cold and they do stuff in January. Yeah, February, they do all it in winter, the winter time too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They are starting. Um, to really push uh, winter stand-up paddle boarding in Ontario. Since 2012, mm-hmm. they've been really pioneering and pushing this. Uh, get out there in the winter. If, if, the, if it's not frozen over yeah. and, you know, you get some nice days, if you're yeah, dressed properly, mm-hmm. you might as well. Yeah, uh, I've seen pictures of, of guys out there in um, Toronto and they're doing the big paddle boarding, surfing yeah. in the big waves in Lake Ontario. And there's one, the guy's got like, he's, he's just covered. He's got a beard and everything just coated with ice because he's out there in like January, <laughs> yeah. February and he, he's doing the paddle boarding in the big waves. And uh, this is sort of what they're pushing is like, if, if, if it's just like camping. Oh yeah. If you got the proper gear, yep. go for it. Yeah. If you're prepared for it, if you take the, the right measures, like for safety and for warmth and stuff like that, yeah. it, it's not a problem. You just, you just have to compensate for any, you, to mitigate any risks for, 
you know, dunking or cold or whatever. Right? Falling in, yeah. swimming, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about all that before on on our shows about what to be wearing and yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, especially with the head, the hands, the feet, and all that. So we had our our, our wetsuits on, and we had our booties on, and our uh, nice neoprene gloves. Kept our hands nice and warm. I'm surprised how warm it it actually was. Yeah, I was I was warm. the The only time I was cold was afterwards when we we're standing around talking. Well, I had my booties on, yeah, and they were. I was just standing on the pavement, yeah, and you could really leach up that mm-hmm. cold from the from the pavement. But I was standing in the water and whatnot, and those and no, they were fine. Yeah, I was they fine. Were fine. Yeah, yeah that was fine. We were so, actually paddling. Yeah, so we we got out there, and he brought um, Warren brought uh, three different types of boards that we tried. Yeah, the one was the touring board, which I started on. Yeah, then there was the big inflatable, which they used for fishing. Yeah, it was almost like. Two pontoons with a blow-up section between yeah, them. like a miniature houseboat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says they actually have a cooler that you can buy to latch onto the back. Yeah. So people go out for like long day trips yeah. on this and they're out fishing on it and all that. It's quite stable, right? That was stable. It was like staying yeah. on an island. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah. But it was, it, it uh, like I was saying, that one there, you could form bad habits because your confidence gets up really high so it was really fast the first yeah. time i ever st- like did a actual stand-up paddle boarding i was on this thing and i just i just walked onto it it's like hey it's fine yeah <laughs> whatever me on the other hand <laughs> uh and then he had his own one that he, the other one he brought was like, like an all-around sort of yes which is your typical of... standard stand-up paddle board it's a it's the all-around board yeah it was the hawaii or something something like that yeah yeah um so he brought those along so we can try them out. Now, I hopped on the touring one, which they're, they were saying, you know, you want it moving mm-hmm. at all times. You want it moving. It's more stable while it's moving. Yes. Right. Yeah. So before we got out there, Warren had given us, you know, this is what you, a little intro a to stand pointers. up paddle boarding. Yeah. Here's how you want to get on the board and here's how where you want to, you know, how you have to hold your paddle. Here's how you want to do the strokes and turning and slowing down and paddle a couple sides this time, a couple yeah. of this, t- this side, that sort of stuff. Uh, when you get onto the board on your knees, here's where you want the, there's the handle. And then here's how you stand up. You know, you want to come straight up, but don't take too long, but don't mm-hmm. do too fast. And, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're trying to figure all that stuff out and yeah, so, okay, that's cool. So we got down there and Threw them in the uh, in the water. Now you and you and John, you guys were gone. Yeah, right out yeah. there. And I got the I hopped on the touring one, and it's like you know what? You get out on it, and you're on your knees there, and you start paddling out. It's like okay, this is pretty stable. And you get out there. Okay, I got this. Do a little moving around and stuff like. Okay, that's cool. Think I've got it. Then you go to stand up. <laughs> And then, quick as a bunny, you're back down on your knees. <laughs> Weebles wobble, but we don't yeah. fall over. Nobody went in Nobody the water. Nobody went in the water. Uh, then, yeah, just like, okay. And they were saying, no, get it moving. You'll have a better time if it's moving. And then you keep your eyes on the horizon. Don't look down because yes. then you look up and you're wobbly and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so I had my eyes on the horizon. And then boom, up I went. And it's... Just getting used to it is wibbly wobbly a yes, little bit, right? Yeah. Like not massive side to a side where twitchy. you're, yeah, a little bit twitchy. Uh, you you find that your your knees and your ankles and your feet you're you're moving them a lot back yeah. and forth, trying to keep your upper part 
straight, mm-hmm. not moving too much. And But once you start getting in the swing of it, no problems. Yeah. You're just yeah. cruising along. And yeah, this thing was fast and very responsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of, the front, front kind of reminded me of uh, the old cedar motorboats. You know, the old oh, wood, yeah. the old wood motorboats, because mm-hmm. it's all has that look to it. Right? Yeah. And uh, it looks, yeah, it looked pretty cool. And that was, that was neat. Now you were already out um, booting around with John there. So I didn't even see how easy it was for you to get up. It was no, well, see, I was on that, that uh, inflatable, inflatable one yeah. at first, right? The one that was so, eight miles wide. Yeah, yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was really not a problem. I just hopped right up. Like it, there was, there was no concern about balance about anything, right? It just, it was just too easy. Up you went. And which was the problem. It was just made it too easy. Yeah. Well, right. You know, for first time. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's pretty good. So we did some little paddling then. So we were on the board for approximately five minutes. Yes. And then it was 11 o'clock. Yeah. On Remembrance Day. Yeah. So out in the middle of Frenchman's Bay. First time on a board. First time on a paddle board. Two minutes of silence. Two minutes of silence. <laughs> Try not to move. <laughs> we actually did quite well, I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. I mean, you you were on the perfect one. Yeah. Yeah. I, my feet are just going eh, back and forth, you know, and try not to move. Or you start drifting into somebody, so you got to give a little paddle yeah. just to get yourself away from yeah. them, that sort of stuff. But uh, um, yeah, so we, we did our two minutes. That, that'll that definitely be a memorable it will be. Remembrance yeah. Day yeah. Uh, two minutes, that's for mm-hmm. sure. You know, uh, out in the middle of the, the bay. Yeah. Now, the, the, as I, I, I know, I, I don't know if you were close enough to hear it, but uh, about the tanks? Yes. When I was in high school, yep. there was a rumor that in that area yep. that we were we were at, yep. they had dumped a bunch of old army tanks. Mm-hmm. It's only about three feet deep, but it's muddy. So if there's army tanks dropped off a ship there, because there are old dock moor, uh Pylons. Pylons there. Yeah. So if they had, if it was deep enough to dump army tanks, (laughs) they must be about 50 feet under mud right about now. So you need some deep ground penetrating radar to find out (laughs) if that's true. Uh, So that that came to mind when we're talking about the Remembrance Day stuff and the war and all that. I'm thinking, oh, there used to be a rumor Mm -hmm. about here. I wasn't about to go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so we, we did our, after our two minutes there. We just paddled around easily. Yeah, and we circled, and pretty much circled all of Frenchman's Bay. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? It's once you, when you take your mind off of trying to keep your balance. Yes. It really makes it that much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because you're we, not we, so focused on it. Yeah. We, we got to talking, you know, we're just chit chatting as we're paddling along. And you're not even thinking, okay, I got to stay straight. I got to do this. I got to, you just do it, you know? Uh, you start your paddling and you know, you're, you're, you're turning and yeah. little this, little that. Now with the wind coming the one way, of course you did do a lot more paddling on mm-hmm. one side and just maybe switched over to do a little correction or something like that. But it really wasn't hard to, to, especially this touring one, mm-hmm. it was not hard to, um, turn it, to, to make it go, <clears throat> you know, was, pick up a little bit of speed. I found it surprisingly easy like when before we went i was really nervous about uh about doing this mostly because of the cold water cold weather i was in a wetsuit but a wetsuit basically means you get wet and you warm up the water inside the suit suit, so it's just extra incentive to stay dry yes 
but uh, I was thinking, like, why is this? Like, I was I was really nervous. Why why am I having? And I think the reason why I found it easier, I think the canoe pulling prepared me for this a bit. So That's standing up in thinking. a canoe and a lot of the maneuvers, uh, ch- turning the canoe or turning the stand-up paddleboard, a lot of the same techniques, except you have a paddle with stand-up paddleboard and you just have a long pole with a canoe. But I, I think it was, uh, I found it very similar. Well, I know when I st- stood up in my canoe, like, yeah, put my feet to the side. There was that little yeah. bit of wobble. Yeah. And you got used to it with the mm-hmm. pole. And then same with the paddleboard. You still had that initial wobble when you yes. first stood up, mm-hmm. right? Now, and I did notice that you, because when you're canoe poling, you you have your feet on the bottom. When you plant that pole and try to turn, you use your feet to turn the, to canoe. Turn the canoe. Yeah. And you would ask the question, well, when you're paddle boarding, can you use your feet to help you turn? Yeah. Right? Same sort of deal. Yeah. So I never, I don't think I actually used my feet to turn. Um, I did do the, uh, the pry and stuff like yeah. that and tried all that sort of stuff. And that seemed to work really well. Like I say, that one was absolutely very responsive. Mm-hmm. That 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 touring one, very responsive. Um, yeah. So we went around, and there's a one point where we stopped on a beach on the other side, and uh, we sw- we swapped. So we I got swapped. to yeah. I get to try all uh, all three of the ones that uh, Warren brought. Right. So uh, and then who. You ended up on the inflatable one on the yeah, way back. Yeah, I, I took the inflatable one on yeah. the way back. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I think of all three, the one that I liked best was the his all round board, the green one. Yep. The uh, the one with the the typical style of a yeah standard paddle board. I, I liked that one, but the best. But it was it was less forgiving. It was a little bit more twitchy. I found uh, I found that uh, for the other two boards that I was on, like when you put more weight on one foot to lean the board mm-hmm. those two kind of push back so it's yeah. like it they you push down with one foot you feel the edge of the board start to sink and then it kind of rebounds and pushes back against the water right whereas the all-round board i found if i were to do that it would just keep sinking so it was it was less you forgiving. were going over yeah i was yeah there's a couple times i thought oh yeah <laughs> but yeah so it was but i do like it i liked it the most it was uh I think mostly because it was uh, the way it was responsive to what I wanted it to do. And it's something that challenged me so that I could I could grow into that board. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, I, I think I would uh, very quickly want a new board. Yeah. Now, I mean, even when you're talking about the tipping, Warren, while you were out using the, the general all-purpose all one, he took out the uh, touring one for a quick, and that's what he was saying because he's moving it back and forth. He yeah. says, when you go so far, you know, you can actually go farther because it is starting to push yeah. back mm-hmm. that it's not going to go tipping right over. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's got that like second point of mm-hmm. before exactly. you actually yeah. go over. Secondary stability. Yeah. And I think with the, with a general board, you definitely want to wait to summer to try, mm-hmm. um, you know, going faster and turning and all that. Cause you, at some point you are definitely going over Yeah, and you don't want to be doing it that really this time of year, you don't. No, no. You know, even if you're in a full yeah. on dry suit, 
You it's don't still want to suck. be going over. Yeah. It'd still suck. Yeah. And and uh, as well as I can see where in the summer it would be just fun to just kind of fall off in the warm water and the warm yeah. weather. And but yeah, oh, on it a was, blistering hot day. Yeah. Oops, I fell. I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I yeah. fell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, it, it's definitely more incentive this time of year to not fall in. Yeah, you, you look you look at people hopping on the boards and off they go sort of thing. It really does look easier than it is if you're a beginner. <laughs> you know, like I say, it took me twice to, to be able to stand up because the first time I was I was just about standing straight and also I started doing the whole weeble wobble. Yeah. So I just dropped to my knees yeah. and everything steadied out. <laughs> on your knees, sitting on the board with your legs over the side or even like kneeling with your body straight up and down, mm-hmm. um, like your back straight and you're, yeah. you know, you're not sitting on your heels. Mm-hmm. Those are like, even like not sitting on your heels with your back straight and your legs straight. Um, I found were really stable positions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But the minute you need to stand up, mm-hmm. you know, so your knees aren't on, that's when everything seems, it just yeah. that little bit. No, I mean, my, my, that's what, two extra feet, Yeah. you know, for my knees down sort of thing or foot and a half, two feet, whatever. Uh, that extra little bit really throws things off. <laughs> so <laughs> center of gravity yeah. up high. And yeah. Just that little bit of high, it really, yeah. st- you start getting all wibbly wobbly. The arms didn't get sore from paddling. Uh, it wasn't chilly. The legs didn't get sore. The back didn't get sore. What got sore was my feet. Yes. The arches, my feet too. Yeah. The arches and the sides of the feet. Cause you're constantly moving. Yeah them adjusting your yeah. balance, right? It's mm-hmm. all these like little micro movements you're yeah. doing with your feet. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. after a while, you're just like, oh man. I got to sit down. This yeah. is killing me. Well, and, and of course they're saying, so the trick is move your feet without looking at your feet. Yes. So you, you move your foot to the side and, oh, there's no board there. <laughs> <laughs> Step off the edge. But, yeah, but you want to stay yeah. up by where the handle is. So the handle's between mm-hmm. your feet, right? Yeah. So you sort of just drag your foot across, back and forth. You lift up one foot slightly and, you know, scrunch your, your toes mm-hmm. or, or whatever, shake it out, that sort of thing. And you learn what yeah. how much movement before... You know, you're going to go over sort of thing and, and whatnot and you deal with it. But, uh, I found that my feet hurt a lot right at first and, uh, halfway through the paddle, I just kind of relaxed into it. So I wasn't paying attention anymore. Yeah. And so I wasn't moving my feet as much and the, the arches, the pain in my arches, my feet just went away just because I was relaxed more. I wasn't so yeah. tense. I wasn't so trying to grip the board with my toenails type thing, right? Well, and that's exactly it. Once you're more accustomed to it mm-hmm. and, and more confident. Yeah. And you start, like I say, when you're paddling along and you're having a chat with the guy on the board next to you, you're not really paying attention to it. Yes. But then when you're over by yourself and you're thinking, okay, this is good. And, oh man, my feet are kind of sore. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> there's yeah. nothing else to do but start thinking about what's going on yeah. and uh, that's when you... And you quickly realize you can't just lift one foot up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> but what I did, I did learn a trick. I uh, I just used the paddle mm-hmm. and put the paddle by the foot that I wanted to move and just push down with the paddle and lift the foot up. Yeah. It, it worked. It balanced the board, right? So all I learned little, something. All these little tricks mm-hmm. that you pick up. But yeah, and I think that would be it is, is if you... The more you did it, the more little yeah. tricks that you would uh, learn as you as you go. 
Uh, like I say, we had the wetsuits, the booties, the gloves, the PFDs. Yeah. Now, interesting thing with when it comes to the, uh, the, the, the PFDs, I had my regular Kokatat one. Yeah. You know, that one, I can use that for canoeing. I can use that for canoe poling. I can use that for kayaking. And I can use it for just the, the cut of it. Yeah. It's comfortable. I enjoy it. It fits nicely. And it doesn't hinder my arms in any of that. Yeah. Right? You had a new one, which was like a... I had the inflatable. Around the, the inflatable around the neck one. Yes. Which, with that clip at the back and around the front or... Yeah, it's just it clips around the waist. Yeah, so it's it's around the neck, clips around the waist. And it's got a CO2 cylinder in it. So you just pull the cord and boom, and it inflates, right? Or right. You, can, you can blow it up yourself. There's a little hose. But yeah, it's it's the one I have for sailing and stuff, right? It's just not it's it doesn't it does get in the way. It's not bulky. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's just like having yeah. two tubes down mm-hmm. the front of your shirt, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, and so, and I, I felt okay using that for the standard paddleboard because I had a wetsuit on, so I had lots of buoyancy. Yeah. So I but that life jacket I would not definitely not use on a on a canoe trip or anything like that. It's just because no people do, but people do, yeah. but I wouldn't because I always think, what if I hit my head? Who's going to pull the, the, the inflator for me, right? Yeah. So it's not something I would normally use on a trip going anywhere. No, but it worked for you today. And then Warren and John both had the belt. Uh, PFDs. Yes. Again, the same sort of deal. You pull yeah. that and boom. Yeah. So what you do is for the belt ones, they you open the pouch in the belt and you pull the, the, the life jacket up over your head. So it's just like the one I had, but it's in a belt. Right. You pull it out of the belt, put it over your head and then pull the cord and, and it inflates. Right. So. So that works out. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was all three totally different types of PFDs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like my, mine's comfortable. I'm used to it. It works well. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know that I would go with one of the belt ones or not, but maybe if it's blistering hot day. Yeah, and that's where it would start. make a difference, right? Yeah. And I th- with with uh, there's less the risks for stand up paddleboarding. You're just kind of casually. You're not unless you're one of the people that takes up white water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that'd be a different situation there. But with uh, with just out in the bay and in deep water, it's like the, the risks to you. Plus the fact that they had they had dry suits on, so that's buoyancy in itself. Mm-hmm. So the the life jackets, the inflatables, just act as a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even during the summer, I mean, if it's your your nice hot day, you're going across this big because you're not again, unless you're one of those extreme people, you're not going on massive interior trips. No, with these exactly things, right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, those those sort of things are are work well, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that that was good. We were all like I say, we were all. Um, Dressed properly mm-hmm. and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah, everybody took the break precautions for the weather, oh, yeah. the temperature, for what we were doing. Yeah, and then at the end there was the uh, apples, hot apple cider. Yeah, you know that was good. It was John brought that, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a nice little. And it was hot. Yes. Holy well, see, that's cow. the stuff I do for the hot toddies when I'm on my canoe yeah. trips, right? Yeah. That's quite the thermos you had. Yeah, uh, it comes with all those cups. Yeah, metal cups. Yeah. Neat, and everything. Eh? yeah. But yeah, it was nice at the end of the day, and we're gathering around chatting about about uh, about what we did and yada yada yada. And it was nice to have that little cup of hot 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 apple cider. Yeah. So yeah. So when we came back, I mean, dropping to your knees on these paddle boards to come up to the dock was easy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah falling to your knees. Yeah. <laughs> knees was pretty good. Getting out onto the dock wasn't as tricky as I thought it would be. I know because I'm picturing. 
okay, so I got to swing my ass over on the dock and hopefully don't kick out the paddleboard to the side. <laughs> and no, it was no issue at all. Yeah. Just, except for John. Just, yeah. Yeah. Except for John. We won't, we won't mention what happened to John, but he did find the bottom for us. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that brings me to the next thing is yoga. I know. I was thinking about that the whole day when we we're out there. It's like, how do people do these? So, cause weird... we've always joked about the, you know, I'm not going to do the downward dog. I'm going to do the downward drowning dog because I'm going to fall off. <laughs> yeah. And now I absolutely know that's the truth. <laughs> there is no joke in that. Yeah. You start watching these people standing on the boards and they're like lifting one leg up and they're bending over this way and they're yeah. twisting their butt. Or doing no. a, doing headstands. Doing headstand. And... It's like, holy. I got a theory. Yeah. That water they're in. Three inches deep. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the paddleboard is actually <laughs> touching the it's bottom. Actually, it's actually touching the bottom. It's on a couple of rocks or something, right? So they're not actually moving. But it's a, it's fascinating to think after... Now, of course, with with time and experience and skills, I'm sure you know it's easy enough to do. But it's just to think of people doing these yoga poses on a paddleboard. Yeah. It's just like that seems almost... At this my current stage of skill, it seems impossible. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking as well. But I, like I say, it, it's all once you get used to it sort of thing. Like, I mean, we never thought we'd be standing up in a canoe either. This is Yet true. here we are going down yeah. rapids with a 12-foot pole. Yeah, I was always with told. With a canoe. Never stand up in a canoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Stephen Coots told us different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? It was it was a really cool experience. Uh, now, I know you're really interested in, in the paddle boards. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a year or two now, getting a, a couple of stand-up paddle boards. So is next summer going to be the year? I don't know yet. Depends on finances, right? Yeah, always depends on finances. Yeah. But you're definitely getting that much closer. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that'll be your deal. You can let me know how it goes and uh, how the yoga goes. Yes, on the paddleboard. I won't be doing yoga. No. <laughs> that makes two of us. I won't even be doing yoga in my living room. Might sprain a something. Yeah. <laughs> Many somethings. So, MakaiPaddleSurf.com. M-A-K-A-I PaddleSurf.com. Um, that's Warren King. He owns the Makai Paddle Surf. We've talked to him uh, before. Uh, we've actually had him on the show. Yep. And it was nice to actually get out there and uh, ha- have a day out with him and John. He came and helped us out at the Real Paddling Film Fest. Yeah, he was at the Paddling Film Fest, invited in, uh, uh, introduced a yep. stand-up paddleboarding film. They do, they're located in Markham, Ontario. They do stand-up paddleboard lessons for all ages, kids, adults, and that sort of thing. They do stand-up paddleboard socials at the Rouge River in Scarborough, Frenchman's Bay in Pickering, and they're actually doing them in Bondhead in Newcastle now. So they go out for an hour or two, whatever, do an evening paddle, that sort of thing, get a bunch of people together and do a nice little evening paddle on nice days. In Newcastle. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And they do pool lessons. So uh, stand-up paddleboard fitness classes and intro to stand-up paddleboard classes in the spring. Mm -hmm. Because that way you go into the pool, you learn how to stand up paddleboard, and then you get your butt out in the water once it thaws. Cool. Right? That's great. Paddle Fit, a stand-up paddleboard and outdoor fitness coaching and training system to help you achieve your fitness goals, right? Mm-hmm. Indo board balancing and fitness classes. Those now, things the indo board is the, the board on the little metal, or, or sorry, plastic. Uh, tube. 
rolling tube yeah, yeah. and then you got to keep your balance on it and that sort yeah. of thing and uh that looks tough yeah i'm gonna sprain a back on that one <laughs> uh i've been thinking about something like that but uh <laughs> <laughs> gear they know what gear is good and what you're looking for at various uh your very experienced levels yeah so they can help you with any questions you have uh, they can get you stand-up paddle boards, paddles, dry suits, leashes, etc. And they even have on their web website uh, used gear. Yes. So yeah. they got they got all this information on their their website. You can find it all there. And yeah, if you're interested in getting into it and you want to do an intro class or something, John's more than happy to uh, get out there with you and say, hey, here's what's going on, or go check it out in the pool. They do different things. The, they have on their website, they do summer, they have a summer schedule of what they do on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, a couple of times, all the paddle fit, the social paddles, that sort of stuff. And if all else fails, drop them an email and ask your questions and he'll get back to you and uh, say, yeah, this is what you're looking for. This is what you want to do and hook you up if you can. And uh, hopefully it all works out. So Makai Paddle Surf, M-A-K-A-I Paddlesurf.com. That's their uh, website. They have a Facebook page and whatnot as well. Check them out. Uh, again, a big thanks to Warren King and John, the other coach from uh, Mackay Paddle Surf, yes. for coming out for the day and uh, giving us a little intro uh, with all the gear and everything. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And Derek yes. is going to go check it out because <laughs> I nominated you in February. <laughs> well, I do have a scuba diving dry suit, and so that would probably... Uh... And 15 wool blankets, <laughs> some nice wool underwear, yeah. and you're going to look like you're 800 pounds yeah. on a paddleboard. <laughs> but yeah, they've talked about in the winter, they go and uh, start dodging the, the ice flows yes. and stuff like yeah. that. That so sounds fun. I volunteered, fallen told you, yeah. as research for this show, <laughs> in February, you've got a date. Yeah, I'd have to really plan my uh, my winter gear for something like that. I will be sitting in the truck with a motor running, drinking my <laughs> hot coffee, watching you guys. <laughs> I'll wave every so often, maybe honk the horn, flash my headlights, whatever. So, anyway, again, a big thanks to Warren and John from Mackay Paddle Surf for the, the great day out. And uh, hopefully we'll get out there again and maybe uh, paddle a bit more warm weather, mm-hmm. a bit more. Anyway, so let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to talk about a couple things, one of them not so good. Yes. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So cold weather is upon us. 
Yes, uh, it is. Just a little public service announcement. <laughs> yeah. PSA, as a it PSA, were. it's getting cold out. <laughs> it is getting cold out, yeah. <laughs> the uh, water's going to start getting hard. For those not paying attention, it's getting cold out. <laughs> uh, cold weather, it's upon us. And if you are going through gear and you're thinking, you know what, I've got sleeping bags I'm going to get rid of. I got some old winter jackets that don't fit. I'm just going to turf them. Wool blankets, hat scarves, gloves, that sort of stuff. And socks. Socks are the big one. Don't just turf them. See about donating to them to the, like a homeless shelter yeah. or something like that. Uh, the people on the streets could use them. Uh, it may no longer be useful to you, but it could make the difference to somebody living on the streets. Socks, I know somebody, they collect socks every every year. And they have a certain group they donate mm-hmm. them to. And they're for the, the people that are living on the streets and yeah. stuff. And they say that is one of the big items. Well, socks. it makes sense. It would be the probably one of the harder used items, right? Well, because people are walking around. Yeah, yeah. And, and your feet are going to get dirty. They're going to throw their, their socks away, and they're going to need new ones. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you've got that you're thinking about getting rid of, don't just turf. See about donating them to a homeless shelter, especially, like I say, it's, it's getting cold out there now, and it's uh, you know, definitely below freezing. So if you've got stuff to give away, uh, donate them. Find it's, mm-hmm. it's easy enough to find Yeah, a group nearby. I mean, just post a message on Facebook and say, hey, does anybody know any homeless shelters that could use this stuff? Yeah. And I'm sure 50 people will throw names at you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, cold weather. If you're looking to get stuff uh, out of your closets, donate it. Don't just turf it in the, gra- in the trash. Have you seen? I have not. Me neither. <laughs> That's the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll just end it there. <laughs> I'm not listening to those guys again. Crap is this. What's your question? <laughs> Have you seen the video, Drone Harasses Grizzly Bear and Cub? I have seen it. So I've watched this video. And if you have not seen it, uh, Google it. It's easy to find. You can find it on Gear Junkie. It's on uh, YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's it's on Facebook. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Mother Grizzly and her cub are climbing up the side of the snow-covered mountain. Yeah. And there's a big overhang of snow there. They're 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 trying to get up and around. And there's a drone flying by, and it gets kind of close. Startles Mama, mm-hmm. and she starts. And of course, the baby cub. And the cub's small. He's yes. A, he's like a it's newborn, a newborn. Yeah. cub. Startles them, they panic. The mother eventually makes it up to the top of this this overhang snow, but the cub starts sliding and and losing traction and sliding. It takes a few times for it to get close to the top, and just as he's about to get up over that lip, whoever is piloting this drone swoops in straight at them. Mm -hmm. So mother takes a swipe at. The drone. The drone. And, and causes a little the, bit of stuff to, to happen and baby the, goes sliding yeah. quite the ways down. Yes. Now, if you watch the video, it's like, okay, well, sliding, sliding, sliding. You and there's see. There's some rock. Yeah. So that's what stops the cub. Yeah. But if that rock wasn't there, mm-hmm. there's a cliff. Yeah. You can see the edge of the cliff. You can see the edge of the cliff. And if that, if that rock had been coated with ice and snow like the rest of it, mm-hmm. That cub would have went right yeah. over. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so it's, 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 I watched that and I'm just like, you gotta be kidding. Yeah. 
like the 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 baby was clearly agitated. The mother grizzly bear was oh she very was agitated. very agitated. Like she was getting very, uh, she was uh, jumping towards and always constantly looking at the the drone. And when it got close, she swung, she kind of clawed out at it, and and but she looked very agitated. And it's, I don't understand the logic. It's somebody. not an appropriate interaction no, with, with wildlife. Absolutely not. You know what happened to watching from a distance? Mm-hmm. I mean, when when she's when you're close enough that it startles, yeah, then you need to be backing off. And if you're close enough that she's actually going to try take and a swipe, take a swipe at the yeah. drone, that's way too yeah. close. Now there are a couple things, and and I had to slow it down and look at the video. Um, I thought there was two drones at first because you see a shadow yes. go a couple of times thinking, so there's a static yeah. drone and there's another one flying around. But when you actually slow it down, you realize that it's a bird. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a bird shadow. That the comes bird across. is clearly, the bird is probably attracted to either the fact that there's a baby bear there or it was attracted to the fact that the drone was flying because yeah. birds are, are curious about drones and, or territorial. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, uh, and I've seen a few videos of that kind of interaction as well. But it's just, I, what are you thinking when you get that close to wildlife? It's it's the yeah. wrong thing to do. Now, of course, there's people that are saying, well, maybe they just had a, a camera zoom, and they were lens. zooming it. No, no, it no. is. If a you drone. watch that video, and like at the at the end, all of a sudden, they're following as as the baby gets yeah. over. Mama turns, and the two of them start running towards the woods. Yeah, and that drone zooms right in and yeah lifts up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your camera, I mean, I'm a photographer. Yeah. Your camera does not do that. There's clearly elevation changes. There, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's like a swoop elevation, yeah. not a move, mm-hmm. like straight up and down elevation, yeah. right? Uh, that, that is not a camera. That oh, is no. a drone. That is absolutely a drone. And that is, um, in my opinion, totally. Inappropriate. Beyond yeah. inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, what happened to watching from a distance? Yeah. You know? Everybody wants those shots. Everybody would love to mm-hmm. see wildlife tackle. But you know what? That's taking it to that next level. Yeah. Now, when you go read the article about this, at the bottom, they said, you want drones uh, banned in more places? Just keep it up. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and you see it now, like you, uh, it's, it's very common for parks, like in the States and Canada, they all have policy, drone policies. It's, you mm-hmm. are not allowed to land or overfly parks yeah it's it's illegal it's against the parks policy you can be fined and it's you know i'm sure there's a few people out there that uh, follow the rules do the right thing but there's far too many people that don't follow the rules yeah right and and that that's why we have rules because of people abusing their their privileges and their rights you know it's it's uh it's 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 becoming far too common for somebody to fly a drone into the flight path of an airplane or to harass animals and wildlife and, yeah. you know, like potentially crashing and hitting people or cars. And it's just, yeah. well, this is why. Well, and like I say, we probably would never have seen that video had that cub gone over the cliff. Yeah. Because the guy would go, oh, I can't show this video. Yeah. I bet you we would have never seen that video. Yeah. yeah. If that had happened. Hmm. So. One of the things that, that got me thinking about, have you seen all the Pine Martin photos from Algonquin Park? Uh, I saw yours. Okay. So, and, and I've, I've started thinking about this after, like the, even the picture I posted, yeah. right? So there's a spot in one of the, the campgrounds in Algonquin 
and there it's a known hangout for a couple of pine martins. Mm-hmm. So we happen to be coming back along this trail that goes right beside where they hang out. Yeah. He was there, grabbed the camera, click, 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 and off we went. Which, you know what? Okay, fine. He was there. We took the pictures. There are people that show up with their cameras and their massive telephoto lenses on the tripods and they will sit there for an hour Mm -hmm. just snapping pictures and you know you know what that to me is a form of harassment take your picture and go yeah you know don't set up shop Mm -hmm. um so yeah so we were up there we 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 saw it oh look there he is because we know that's where he is so as we happen to be walking back to the vehicle that's where he oh there he is click 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 take a couple shots yep okay post on facebook that's what we did and I've been seeing dozens. Oh yeah, not exaggerating. Dozens of photos of pine martins mm-hmm. from Algonquin Park, <laughs> and they all look like the same one. So people have learned that this is a hangout they, for the they pine know martins. Know that it's a hangout. So my question is: Is this harassment now of wildlife? Because there used to be a fox in the Mew Lake campground oh yeah in, in Algonquin Park there's the, the Mew Lake is one of the campgrounds there there was a fox that used to hang around yeah uh, I know he paid me a visit one year mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and he's I had my truck door open and I happened to look over and there he is with his two feet up on oh, yeah. looking in my truck and I'm like okay <laughs> jump in I'll take you home <laughs> um so yeah you know if, if they're coming but you take a couple pictures and go but people are camping out now mm-hmm and, I th- and there's too many of them, too there many is. people. There is. So, you know, every like I say, everybody loves to see the wildlife photos, but when did taking the photos become harassment? Yes. You know, and when does it pose a threat to the animal's well-being? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you right now that one of the reasons that this animal is sitting there, the pine martins are there, is because there's garbages nearby. Yes. And it's learned. It's just like a bear learns where yeah, the garbage is. Yeah, it learns are, that humans right? provide food. So, what's going to make the change happen that this is not allowed? Well, yeah. Is an animal going to have to die first? Is a person going to have to get bitten or attacked first? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what is the next step? Now, we we're saying there in the States, it's illegal to harass wildlife with a drone. Yes. Right? So, is there more regulations that need to be put in place? even up here and enforced saying, you know what? No, you take your quick picture and you move on. Yeah. You know, like, like this just becomes harassment to the animal. What's it going to take to do that? Is it, is it something that requires more enforcement, more regulations, more, you know, laws put in place, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff? Or is this just a big, you know, massive lapse in common sense? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you know what, like if, if, even on our canoe trips, like everybody wants to see a moose on a canoe trip. Mm-hmm. Everybody, oh man, I wish I could see a moose or a bear or a wolf. But if I see a moose, you know what, I take some pictures as I drift on by and keep on going. Yeah, you I'm don't not dropping an anchor and, and, yeah. and, and getting as close as I can with a massive lens, taking picture after picture yeah. after picture for the next hour. Because eventually that moose is going to go, you know what? Hey, I've had enough of you. <laughs> I've either had enough of you, I'm leaving or I'm coming right at you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once I saw that, that grizzly bear thing, I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah. I, 
are we guilty of that? But I don't think what we do did was the same thing. Like I said, we walked by, he was there, we took a picture, we left. We didn't set up shop, we Mm -hmm. didn't harass him or anything like that. What's it going to take to stop that sort of thing? And is it just going to keep getting worse? The, uh, have you seen, uh, I think it was, uh, World Wildlife Federation as they, there was a report that came out, I think two weeks ago and, uh, they're talking about, uh, the worldwide animal wildlife population across the whole planet is on average down 60%. They say in some areas, the animal populations are down up to 90%. Wow. Just all the natural populations, right? And it's just, it's humans encroaching on natural areas and mm-hmm. building more houses and more cities and more freeways. And, and it, it's, it's one of the, it's, I think it's, it's a natural thing that's going to happen just because we, we are the invasive species, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we are affecting world animal populations. And one of the ways we do it is by interfering with drones taking photography and or just destroying lands and and you know developing right yeah i mean i'm not i'm not one of those people that are gonna be chained to myself to a tree or no you know anything by that means or you know yeah throw myself in front of a hunter's gun or (laughs) you know i'm not going that's not what i'm saying yeah but there comes a point where you've got to draw a line and go you know what I got my picture. I, I, I'm just going to leave them alone yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm finding more and more just, you know, on Facebook and seeing all these these nature wildlife um, photos and that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I took this picture when I was here and I, I was hiking and I saw this and I took this photo and I did this photo. and I, yeah. Okay, well, these you, you get to know, like, if you took that photo, either you were hiking with an absolutely massive lens. Or you're getting too close. Or you were way too close. Yes. You know, and that, that's my thing is like, is it just common sense or do we need to put a stop to this? Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, if, if you have any comments on it, you, what your thoughts are about all this, because I'm sure everybody's noticed some of this stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it? Drop us a line and uh, a message and uh, um, let us know what you think. And even, yeah, I mean, we, we always post something on Facebook about these episodes, you know, yep. check out this week's episode and uh, just drop us a little message and say, mm-hmm. you know, let us know your thoughts on are people getting too too close and too friendly and yeah. too too harassing of the animals these days. Exactly. So. Like, the, well, I'm not saying people shouldn't have drones. I'm just saying people should be re- more responsible. Yeah. Right? Take your quick picture and move on. Yeah. You know, that that's what it's about. So. Mm-hmm. And don't pass along information to everybody saying, you know, that's where this informa- this animal is. And if you head over there and check this animal out yeah. and this animal out and that animal out. But I mean, the ones that, that I mean, like I say, the Pine Martin, seems everybody knows yeah. where he is now. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's because the garbage is there. And yeah. people are, you know, when you walk by and, and there's 15 photographers there with massive lenses pointing mm-hmm. at a tree. Oh, that must be a pretty popular tree. <laughs> it's like, what's, what's that, the corpse flower? Everybody waits for it to... Yeah, every to, 70 years. Every 70 years or whatever. Everybody's <laughs> sitting there with cameras just waiting for it to bloom. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my uh, little soapbox thing yes, this week. So. That's my rant for this that's week. That's my rant for this week. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So that's our show for this week, Derek. Uh, Mackay Paddle Surf. Check them out, mackaypaddlesurf.com. Cold weather, if you got stuff you're getting rid of. Donate it. Donate it to the homeless shelters and stuff like that. They can use it. If you are going out with a camera. Watch your limits of approach. That's right. For wildlife. Don't harass the animals. Yes. Yes. So... Yeah, so that's about it. So thanks everybody for listening. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to listen to this show plus 143 others, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and the Paddling Adventures Radio, uh, com episode page. You can download and stream uh, from all those spots. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>